What's up, everybody? We are back for another season and another edition of Champagne Rune Hoops podcast brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. Uh, as part of the Beyond the Big Ten podcast network, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast, and on YouTube at Beyond the Big Ten. Also, make sure to follow along on all social media, Twitter, IG, and TikTok with the handle Beyond the Big Ten. Once again, I am former Illini point guard Sam Maniscalco, again joined by Illini legend and Mr. Glue Guy himself, Billy Cole, at BuckwildBill33. Our other podcast partner, Brandon Paul, couldn't make it today, but will absolutely be back uh, joining us throughout the season. So we miss you, Brandon. Um, shout out to BP3, still hooping overseas. Um, thanks for tuning in once again. Billy, what's good? How was your podcast offseason, bro? It was good. It was good. A lot of golf, a lot of work, um, a lot of the three kids under eight years old. So uh, excited, excited to be back for another season, like you said. Excited to kick this uh, this year off. It looks like we've got an amazing basketball team to talk about all year. So just uh, in general, just a lot of excitement getting ready for for everything we've got to share with the fans this year. Yeah, exciting times in Illini land, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But there's just been so much going on um, summer with the transfer portal and stuff, which we've talked about. Um, it's just college basketball is so much crazier now than it used to be. And I feel like if we go back to a little bit of a recap on how last season ended, what do you think was the biggest theme and takeaway from last year transitioning into the summer? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think you hit the nail on the head with the, the different rules of, of transfers. And that, that stuck out to me so much because uh, Coach Underwood, right? He's a hell of a recruiter. We talked about that a lot. And he went out and got some pretty big time transfers. He got Matt Meyer from Baylor. He got Terrence Shannon from Texas Tech. And you, you know, th- those are A-list off of the, the, from the new rule set, right? That's, if you want to go out and get somebody, that's who you go get. He did that. And I just think, you know, we, we, we harped on it a lot last year. We talked about the puzzle pieces, how they all fit. And I think we just kept waiting for the team to gel and they never did. Right. And then in fact, when they finally got into postseason play, we said, Hey, this team can, this team has the talent to do whatever they want to do. And then it just, it just kind of flopped in March. And I think, you know, as excited as we are about this program and the direction and and coach Underwood and his staff and in general, I think it was, I think, you know, the word that comes to me is disappointment, right? We watched that NCAA tournament game together and it just it just never clicked for as much talent as there was. So I'm really excited to kind of transition into talking about this year's team because I think, um, you know, not to drag on here, but they they got the, the, a unique opportunity to play the number one team in the country in an exhibition game. They played Kansas in that that benefit for the Maui Fire. Um, Kansas traveled all the way to Champaign and they actually beat the number one team in the country. Albeit it was an exhibition game, right? But those teams were playing hard. That was a that was a realistic style game, and it took me about five possessions of watching that to say, "Oh, I, I think I think Brad figured out the puzzle piece thing." They they just the guys that they went out and got this year they gel so much better uh, immediately right off the bat. They just all seem like they've got more of one common goal of of winning and and being efficient on offense versus. I think last year we ran into a little bit of, of guys trying to prove themselves or, you know, get their own shots. So I'll be interested to hear your take. I think that that game was super interesting. I watched that in the Eastern Illinois game. And it, even even when we struggle this year, it looks a lot more uh, cohesive and fluid. 
Yeah, I would agree. I thought that that I didn't know what to expect for the you know the Kansas Illinois exhibition that they put on, but that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be kind of like you know because you know the old closed scrimmages are you know you're working on things and that was I mean guys were diving on the floor like that was a that looked like a mid season tournament game almost. Um, so I was very surprised at that, but great showing uh, by the Illini and what a way to get your new guys feet wet and kind of get some cohesion and chemistry built with the number one team in the country. And also, you know, the underlying um, story is Bill Self's, you know, first return back to Illinois. But but back to your point about last year, I, I thought you made one really good point at the end of last season, uh, which will kind of parlay us into to talking about this year was your big thing was with, with Brad Underwood um, was him to kind of control the narrative and temper expectations. Um, we thought that he didn't do such a great job of that last year, albeit, I mean, listen, he, he had some big time transfers coming in, like you mentioned. So, you know, the excitement was high, uh, but he set the bar at the beginning of the year. I thought it was like, Hey, you know, we have, we have the type of team that can go to the final four and win the national championship. And I thought that from, from then on, he just had this, this pressure, this tension throughout the entire season that they were underachieving. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so that brings us in, into this season. And I didn't hear a lot of that over the summer and in, in Brad's early season, preseason pressures, there was not a lot of talk about, we could be this, we can be that we're going to be this, we're going to be that. Um, it was more generally about, you know, the team and the pieces that he, he, he got that he thinks fits their mold. And like you said, maybe the puzzle's coming together a little better. Um, as far as off-season moves, besides the transfers they picked up, I thought, you know, after the end of last season, and then once once Terrence Shannon Jr. and Coleman Hawkins decided to clear for the NBA draft, I was like, whoa, okay, this could be a rebuilding year for Illinois, right? Like, what are they going to look like next year? Uh, I thought they got some great pieces, with, especially Marcus Damask from Charlotte, Illinois. I mean, he's got four years of college basketball under his belt, and double-digit career scorer there, so he's going to provide value. But I just felt a little deflated personally when thinking about this year's team. And then what do you know? Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon Jr., their two most important players, decide to come back for another season. So then the expectations get get raised higher. But I, I thought that was the biggest thing in the offseason is that, listen, these two guys who are arguably our two best, most important players decide to come back and join a bunch of pieces that Brad has put back together, you know, over the off season, um, I think makes them a legitimate top 25 team, which they are. I think 25 is a good ranking for them coming into the season um, because of what happened last season and those two guys coming back. But my biggest thing with all that is like you said, um, cohesion, right? Chemistry. Do the pieces fit? Do they gel offensively? Um do we do anything different offensively than we than what we did last year? You know, we went stretches and lulls of having a tough time scoring. And then the biggest X factor for me is Terrence Shannon Jr., right? So I thought last year, a lot of times he was playing to try and be a lottery pick, right? Or try and be a first round draft pick. It was very evident. He was pressing at sometimes throughout the season. He had some monster games. And at the end of the day, he was he was the engine and the guy that that we relied on. But I thought a lot of that showed through last year and kind of screwed up the locker room slash chemistry a little bit. So my biggest thing for this season, besides all the pieces he's added, is is Terrence Shannon Jr. going to be our leader emotionally, be our leader 
from an experience standpoint vocally? And is he going to quote unquote, take a back seat to that NBA stuff in the back of his mind and be the player that Illinois needs him to be? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and that was one of the big things I was watching for. I, I, albeit it's very limited, uh, film we have to go off of this year, which is in, you know, a Kansas exhibition in a Eastern Illinois game that really, you know, they just kind of rolled, you know, first half was close, but the talent just overwhelmed them in the second half. But I, I was watching that really closely and I was super impressed with how Terrence Shannon played in the Eastern Illinois game. I think, you know, how many times last year did we talk about his shots off the bounce and, and hunting shots this this year, the team, he he really doesn't have to do that. And he got to the basket a lot. He got fouled a lot. I think that's where he's at his best. You know, he's got that body, you know, I compared to an NFL player. He's so fast in the open floor. He doesn't really need to hunt shots on this team. There, there's not that player that's going to take him away, that take the shots away from him as long as he lets them come naturally. I think, you know, you touched on, are we going to do anything different tactically? I think what's really maybe most interesting to me offensively, uh, Brad really more so than, you know, any coach I played under, but he loves the positionless basketball. He loves the matchup issue that Coleman Hawkins brings every game, right? Where we we don't really play a five. I guess you could call Coleman a five and he, he starts in that position, but he really, he doesn't post up. He's outside the arc most of the time on offense. Um, And it, it leaves me wondering, you know, where does Dane Danger fit into all this? I think, I think, you know, I, I harped on him a lot <laughs> last year. I was, I thought he changed the game against Eastern. You know, we were down about 10 points for most of the first half. And then he just kind of overwhelmed them with size. So it's, I think what's really going to be interesting is how we utilize this, this deep offense. Um, we got about, I think we got 11 or 12 guys in against Eastern. They all looked really good to me. You touched on Damask. That guy's a 1600 point scorer at Southern and Brad really doesn't take him out. So against Kansas and Eastern, he was the one guy, even through all the rotations. So you can see there's a lot of trust with what he brings to the floor, just stabilizing presence. And he, his game so far has really impressed me. I think you know, I'm interested to hear from you because the one thing that keeps sticking out to me that scares me to death going into the year, probably the only thing, no point you know, guard. the point guard, situ- point guard situation, <laughs> you know, most important position in sports. Um, we had, I was keeping an eye on this. We had Ty Rogers start out bringing the ball up. He's, he's more of a converted three guard for me. I know he guards one through five. Uh, he didn't look comfortable bringing it up. Uh, then we kind of morphed to Terrence Shannon and Marcus Damask. And then at the end of the game, Moretti got in, who uh, is the little brother of Moretti from Texas Tech. He actually looked pretty good. Uh, but I think when you start playing these this tough schedule, right, they play five top 10 teams from now until January 10th, I think. That's a that's a hellacious schedule. You start playing that and you don't have a someone who's comfortable, who's been doing it their whole life, bringing the ball up the floor. I think that's, that scares me a little bit, no matter how talented they, and how many mismatches they have on offense. Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. I, th- I think that's something that we're going to be frequently talking about throughout the year. You know, we talked about the additions of this summer. I mean, arguably the biggest loss, obviously, is is Jaden Epps, right? I mean, we were very high on him. I was very high on him throughout the season. I thought he was mature beyond his years as a freshman. He had a great freshman season, so that took me a little bit by surprise. But also with the, the climate of college basketball, I guess I'm not surprised because – Guys can just pick up and leave. 
Um, but I thought, you know, he was crucial last year in being that quote unquote stabilizing force and, and true point guard, somebody that can just get you into your stuff, somebody that can manage a game for 30 plus minutes. Um, so I think that's going to be a concern. Um, speaking of Ty Rogers, um, I think he can be a little bit of an X factor for us, right? Um, his size and his athleticism, it just, it screams like big 10, three man, you know, couple of double doubles, like his, his, if he can get a 17, 18, 20 foot jumper, which we talked about, that's just respectable. It's, it's going to open up the floor for, for the rest of the team. But I noticed in the Kansas game, um, and I don't know if this is, I hope it's an indication of, of Brad and his, his growth as an offensive uh, coach, but the first, first play of the game, they run Ty Rogers over, you know, an Iverson pro cut, um, throwing the ball, get him a cleared side, literally just rips throughs and goes one, one dribble and lays the ball in like with his elbow above the rim. That's, that's simple, easy basketball, you know? So like we talked about this, I talked about that last year, like putting these guys in more positions to be successful, um, with their, you know, offensive skill set, And that's just a perfect example of that. I think he's a guy that could, you know, at Minnesota on a Tuesday night in January could, could have a big night. Right. And then I could take some pressure off of the other guys, but to your point, they just, they just look like they, they fit together better. And you mentioned Coleman Hawkins. I've obviously, you know, last year was, was really high on his skill set and, and what he presents on the floor, uh, as a matchup issue, both offensively and defensively. And, um, to your point about Dane danger, you know, where he fits, I kind of like, you know, the example you just brought up about, Hey, listen, you know, we're struggling tonight against Eastern Illinois. We need some physicality. He comes in and changes the game. Right. Um, he did that a few times last year too. So I kind of like that role for him. I don't like the role for Dane as being a guy that plays 32 minutes and we got to throw him the ball and think he's Kofi all over again. Right. Um, so that, that to me is a, a defined role, right? We talked a lot last year about defining roles. There was no role defining last year. Matt Meyer and Terrence sure. Shannon, some games just, just took turns. Right. Um, trying to create their own shot. Um, the other thing that's going to be a big focus for me this year is uh, how we shoot from three, right? Because that is, has become probably the most important shot in basketball. Um, especially at the NBA level, but the college basketball level, if you, if you don't have guys that could shoot the floor just shrinks so much. Right. And then you got skill sets of Ty Rogers and Taryn Shannon and Coleman Hawkins, guys that can put the ball on the floor, get downhill and create, you know, rotations, um, you know, defensively. If you can't make shots, it's going to be tough to do that. Teams are going to build walls, which they did to Terrence Shannon last year. So if we can find a way, and I think Luke Goody will help in that regard, right? But if we can find a way to become a better three-point shooting team, you know, plus 35-ish percent, I mean, would be really good. I think that changes things for us offensively. And then, you know what? Brad Underwood doesn't have to be an offensive genius. You know, he doesn't have to to reinvent the wheel offensively for these guys. Cause like you said, they're so talented and, and, and can score in so many different ways. Um, but we have to be able to make jump shots, right? Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, since you took my X factor of Ty Rogers, I'll, uh, I, first of all, that's exactly who I was going to pick. I think he is the best basketball player on the team. Uh, and I think a lot of fans might like throw their head back at that, but, He's not going to lead this team in scoring. He probably won't be first team all Big Ten this year. 
but he will probably be the best, most important player on our team. Yeah, he could be the most impactful uh, for sure. Yeah, he's the type of guy that can average like eight, 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 and eight, right? Like, uh, like, like he's just like in that last eight can be any which stat you want to pick. But he just impresses me so much. He, you know, we start four seniors and a sophomore, which, you know, I think it was your term last year. College basketball is about no, that was Bruce's when we had Bruce on the podcast, right? He said basketball right now is about getting old and staying old. Um, and then when they put the starting lineup on for the Kansas game, you know, your eye immediately goes to four seniors and a, and a sophomore. I think that's really important. And, and Ty Rogers is kind of beyond his years as a sophomore already. Like his game is so physical. He doesn't have that, oh, let's let him get in the weight room uh, for another year or two body that, you know, I came in with most of my freshman class, even in the classes beyond me, you know, that was always a big thing. I think, you know, so when you were shoving weights, what? in your uh shorts yeah hell yeah i was trying to trying to make weight by shoving a little two and a half pound weights in my compression shorts but but i think where where i was going with this is if i think if what brad does on the recruiting trail and this is going to lead to my next point is so impressive him and um and it's not just him right it's uh it's chester and it's it's tim anderson you know he just they first of all they just signed another huge class um all that but this uh, this Dre, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up his name. I'm gonna call him DGL. But Dre Gibbs Law Lawhorn, right? So he's DGL from this point forward for me. But he came in. He was our leading scorer against Eastern, and you know all the whispers inside the program that you know the ex players are are getting is this guy might be the best scorer, like pure scorer. If if you take Jade Neps out of it, uh, DGL might be the best pure scorer that they've had in a while. He's super bouncy. And I think in about, I think in about 18 minutes he had 18 points in the uh, Eastern game, so he can fill it up. And I really like, again, I hate to keep going back to this. I really like the peace aspect of it. We don't have three freshmen like we had last year, where they're all like getting thrust into the playing time. Uh, we kind of have a solid base. You could see where he wants to go with the lineup already mm-hmm. at this point in the year, and then we've got a really deep bench where, like you said. Um, whether it's Danger or one of these freshmen or Luke Goody, who by no fault of his own missed like three quarters of the year last year with a broken foot. And it's like, can he turn into the guy that, like you said, at Minnesota or a, a Big Ten game where you're struggling? Like how many games can he hit where he has four or five threes? Um, because that opens everything else up for And then the new news that just popped out was Sincere Harris is going to redshirt, which that caught me by surprise totally i think it's they're saying you know he just recognized he needs to get bigger and um he needs to get more skilled and he didn't want to waste a year where he he might get buried on the depth chart i personally i i just find that really hard to believe without having any inside information here i i can remember as a player when you were kind of on that cusp right like my freshman year where it's like are you going to redshirt or not what do you think and just like no chance in hell i'm i'm going to ask to redshirt or something so I think that is um, that's kind of a unique scenario that's going on right now with with Illinois basketball. I'm interested to see how that plays out throughout the year, especially again, like we said, if we start struggling with needing a natural point guard, someone who's uh, can bring that energy and bring the ball up the floor and get us started at both ends. Yeah, I thought that was a little bizarre as well when I saw that because you know he came out and made a statement and said that you know it's his decision to redshirt and that's what he wants to do, but. Like we've talked about, usually when that happens, like you, he can just click a button and go to a different school. 
Right. Right. So it's it's kind of odd that he's deciding to redshirt and stay at the same school. So we'll keep an eye on it. But I, I thought that was bizarre as well. And I think, I mean, clearly <clears throat> they don't feel like they they need him as much. Listen, if, if something's going on personal like that we don't know about, I hope everything is obviously okay with Sincere and, and whatever's going on. We hope that's not the case. Uh, but if it's just purely a basketball, um, and like you said, you know, decision as far as him maturing as a, as a basketball player, um, it just it just seems a little odd because I'll tell you what, there's a few games last year where we got on here and talked about him and, you know, late in the first half or early in the second half coming off the bench and completely changing the complexion and momentum of a game. Yeah. So um, hopefully they have other guys that can fill that role because he, he is a little bit of a weapon defensively. Um, he's obviously behind a little bit offensively, but um, he helped a lot last year. So, you know, I think what <clears throat> could happen this year and I, I thought you said it really well, like experience is humongous, right? Um, I mean, we were 11 and nine, Illinois was 11 and nine in conference last year, which is, I mean, and it's a gauntlet of a league, right? We talk about it. Um, it. It's not hard. I mean, it's not easy to win 10 games in the big 10, you know, trying to win 15 or 16 and, and win the big 10 championship is a feat in its own. But I think with what you mentioned about experience and having guys, like you said, four seniors and a sophomore starting, that 11 and nine conference record, you know, those, those Tuesday games at Penn state in January or the, you know, the Iowa game where you lose by two in overtime, you know, just giving examples here, you flip three, four, five of those games, you know, with an experienced roster that we have this year. And you're looking at what 15 and five in the big 10, right? So um, that's how much experience matters. I really do believe that that's the kind of stuff that makes the difference between can you know three and five wins a season right and if you got experienced guys you don't you know you play in the big 10 tournament versus a hot reeling penn state team like they did last year and the experienced guys find a little bit of a better way to weather that storm that's penn state instead of just getting ran up off the court you know so um experience is huge and then defensively, right? I think we we can be really, really, and, and this is Brad Underwood, right? And Chester and their style is hard nosed, tough, physical, pressure, defensively. And boy, do we have the athletes and the the team to do that, right? I mean, you think of Coleman Hawkins and what he can do as a kind of a center fielder, right? Terrence Shannon, Ty Rogers, the athleticism they have, um, you know, Dane Danger eating up the paint. I just think that defensively we got to find a way this year to take some of the pressure off of our half court offense with our defense, if that makes sense. Right. So we got to find better ways to get easier baskets and because in the half court game in the big 10, you know how it is. It's really, really, really hard to, to go get a bucket, right. And go run something. Everybody knows what you're running. Everybody knows what you're, where you're going. So if we can find a way defensively to take some pressure off of what we have to do on the offensive end, I think that'll, that'll be a huge, huge theme throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, you touched on something I wanted to say today, which is when you're a, a elite college basketball program, you have a lot to worry about going into every season. Right. And I think what Brad brings the university, we never ever have to worry about not having enough talent and we don't have to worry about, not playing hard, right? That that needs to be coached by a lot of other programs. And it just seems like we that's what is consistent for us every year since he's come in. And I think that's a that's a blessing to have a coach like that. And it, it was kind of sad, you know, at the end of last year, just with how disappointing it was. 
like you said, I think he put all that pressure on himself. I think if he changes the narrative a little bit at the start of the season, which is like, hey, we've got a lot of talent, but no, these guys have never played together before. Let's see how it all works out. We're going to play really hard and we're going to get to know each other. We're going to go from there. Um, I think he did himself no favors. And that's not to say like he's on the hot seat by any many means. I think even Illinois fans, which can be a little uh, over over passionate and have a, a bigger you know, maybe delusions of grandeur a little bit when it comes to uh, the basketball program. Uh, but I just think it's so nice, like you said, right? We have a lot of other things to coach, right? How's the offense going to look this year? What are we doing on ball screens? Um, what happens defensively when we have, uh, you know, no center in the game? But we don't ever have to. We don't ever have to coach talent, and we don't have to coach playing hard when he when he's our head coach. And it makes me feel, you know, really good about going to the year. In fact, like I'm going to go on the hot take alert and say like. After watching the first, I watched the first two, you know, the exhibition against Kansas because they're number one in the country. And then the first opening real game against Eastern. I think we've got a better chance than ever. I would stake my flag on the ground that we will, this will be Brad's deepest run in the NCAA tournament with this team. They're, they're so experienced. That's the number one thing. We just talked about it for 10 minutes. Uh, but then they're also, I just think that the whole hunting your own shot and uh, trying to be the guy and improve what you've got to score every game. I think, I just think I didn't see that at all. And it seems like he's already got it fixed and that's going to give us a really tough non-conference um, schedule to just keep getting better. And then you've just got to, you know, we talk about it all the time. You just got to survive the big 10. Um, and if you can do that and you can stay healthy, you know, God, God willing, you could stay healthy all the way throughout the year with the same core. Um, it's, man, I hate to get everyone riled up early, but the sky is truly the limit when, when postseason play hits. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, and like you said, you know, the expectations are, are lower for good reason this year. Um, and I think that'll work out in their favor. But to your point about, you know, Underwood, he, he definitely, I mean, he never has to coach effort, like you said. I mean, his 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 teams play hard for him, and I think he holds them accountable. Um, and I think now he's got the bodies and the depth that he can really hold them accountable, right? Because there's no greater, greater, you know, teacher than than the bench for a player, you know, so he's, he's got that in his arsenal and, and working in his favor. But I, I thought last year, too, there was a lot of throughout the season, there was a lot of, you know, distractions that happened off the court. And there's a lot of stuff that leaked out of the locker room um, that I think wore on him and the team. You know, there's a lot of media stuff going on. And I, I think that that wears players out. You know, when you get to January, February, March, and you're constantly hearing and reading about the locker room and the dysfunction and, you know, Obviously, players transferred the middle of the year last year. That kind of stuff will wear on a team. So um, I think it helps that the guys that are returning from that last year's squad, that'll help them that they went through that experience. Um, and I think his bond with his players is probably just, you know, just better and better, especially with the guys that he's coached for multiple years now. You know, the expectation, like you said, the trust is there of what he expects those guys to do on a daily basis. Um is there so he's got the he's got the best Rolex game in the NCAA as yeah, well. He, he does. His fits are good too. His shoe game's good. I mean, he's he's got that part down stylish. for sure. Yeah, he is stylish. Um, we talked a little bit about um, last year. My big thing was like, go hire an offensive coordinator. You know, like find an offensive guru. But we just rehashed that a little bit. I don't think he. Do you think he needs one? I mean, like you said, they just seem like a 
much better, well put together team, cohesive team this year. Um, I mean, listen, in, in, in two weeks we can get on here saying like their offense stinks, like they got to change this, change yeah. that. But yeah. um, I was adamant about that because of the way, you know, the dysfunction and the lulls that we went, we'd go two TV timeouts straight sometimes without scoring a basket. Right. Sure, um, yeah. It was hard to watch from that, from that perspective, you know? So um, do you think that was a mistake? I don't. I, I just feel like I, and I've harped on it so much. These, these, the new look of this team with the transfers and, and they're all like, they're all glue guys. This is coming from a glue guy, but they're all like glue guys that are supremely talented. Um, I think the issues last year were all about hunting, hunting shots. Hunt, like you said with Terrence Shannon, like what pick in the draft am I going to be? And Matt Meyer was, it felt like to me, like he was going to prove that he could take over games. And it's like, how many one dribble pull up threes did we shoot in one season? And uh, even this year we started, so we start, it made me laugh because I was tracking the three point percentage last year. You know, that was kind of a running theme. We were like 342nd in the country in three point <laughs> percentage. We started out the Eastern Illinois game. So our first game of the year, we started out one for 12 from three, but it, it was a completely different one for 12, right? It was just, it was good shots. Just not making shots, just not going in. You were just, yeah. And that's, that's typical first game of the year stuff, right? You guys are throwing it over the backboard because they're so excited and they haven't played in assembly hall yet. Um, or I'm sorry, State Farm Center. I'm, I'm aging myself. Uh, but yeah, so I, I would say like, I don't think you're off base with that. Uh, but I think we look back on that question in March and I think it's, it's a, it's a much different vibe. What about, um, we'll do very, very early predictions record. So we'll do overall record, conference record, and then um, NCAA tournament. Man, you put me on the spot. I don't even know how many games do they play. So last year was 2013, so we'll call it 33 just for all intent and purposes. Yeah, I mean, I have like you could be the best team in the country and you're going to lose a lot of games on the road mm -hmm. in the big 10. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. How about I put it like this? I think they will win enough games to be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. So that means they're going to finish, you know, top two or three in the big, big 10. 10. Um, I think they, I honestly think there's no reason that this team can't win the big 10 without having seen a game. I still feel like that. Um, uh, you know, if you're a four seed, you avoid the issue, right? We had to play a really good uh, team opening Arkansas, round. Yeah, Arkansas. We had to. Uh, we talked about if you know if you win that, you got to play the one seed in the second round. So, yeah. I, I think I think they have every piece that they need. They've got superstar players. I think they probably have three or four NBA guys on this roster. Uh, not all next year, right? But 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 you look back five, ten years from now, I think that's that's probably a true thing. Um, and when, and when you've got that and you've got them all playing and they all know their role, um, uh, you know, let's call it second place in the big 10. I think Purdue, <laughs> I think Purdue is for me with ED, ED coming back. Yeah. yeah I, I just, they're just hard to bet against. They, they have, Matt Painter has been there forever. Yeah. Um, he knows, he knows what he wants to do. He knows how to recruit. They, they never have to go through an adjustment period. They seem to flame out a little bit in postseason play, but that's the whole big 10. So I'll say second in the Big Ten to Purdue as my uh, prediction, and I'll, I'll say Sweet 16 or better as uh, end of the year. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I'll say top four in the Big Ten. Um, and to your point, 
is is totally true too. If you get a, the top, the, the goal should be top four seed in the NCAA tournament, right? And like you said, if you're in the, the, the top three to four in the Big Ten, you're probably going to get that seed. And then I'll do Sweet 16 as well. I think for sure. Um, I think he breaks through this year, like you said. I just feel like there's been so much and there's so much harping on, you know, what, you know, Underwood's been great, right? For X amount of years he's he's been here, but, you know, his NCAA record and doesn't really prove it and people harp on that and harp on that. So I, I think this is the year that he breaks through. I would even say, I mean, they have elite eight, you know, potential talent on this roster. Um, I'm not going to get crazy like some Illinois fans and talk, call it like, you know, final four, because I think it's, yeah. there's only a handful of teams that could, that could make it that far. But I, I do think he breaks through this year in the NCAA tournament. Um, I think they get to the sweet 16 and then anything can happen from there. Right. And they have the horses to, to win any of those games. And, and like you said, a lot of it's matchups too, right? You get in that top four four seed you you avoid some some tough matchups in the NCAA tournament but here we are in uh November on November 9th we're one and oh and we're talking about March so we'll pump the brakes a little bit but those are early very very early season predictions because um Bill as you know and as Illini fans know the college basketball season is a grind and it is a roller coaster right so you can have a horrible horrible week or six, seven, eight day stretch in big 10 conference play. And then come back two weeks later and look like, and feel like a totally different team. And, um, a lot can change throughout the college basketball season. So with that being said, um, we are excited to, 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 um, you know, follow along this season. Um, a lot of exciting things happening, um, with Illinois basketball, a lot of hot take situations that we're, you know, going to see play out throughout the year. But the biggest thing is, um, I'm excited to watch this team. I'm excited to watch the growth from the guys from last year that stuck around. Um, and I'm really excited to see how Underwood, um, you know, really gets this team to gel and see if we can, you know, make this team have it, have it playing their, their best basketball in, in February and March. So, um, Billy, I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. I think, you know, in general, we've had an off season to let everything simmer the program's in a really, really good spot right now. It, it's exciting to be an Illinois basketball fan with with Coach Underwood at the at the helm and, and the type of talent on this roster and how big you know they've got to be hungry this year. So it's going to be fun to watch it play out. Um, you know, we just it's now it's time to just go do it. If you're a player on the team, uh, you don't have to don't have to say anything anymore. The season started. This is you know as the weather starts to change. I was thinking about it today. It's all like, it's just all, it's all shifting now. It's all shifting from football. They're going to be the main focus. Hey, by the way, shout out to uh, John Paddock, Illinois football. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen (laughs) by a backup quarterback. Um, That was, that was really cool. Juice Williams for the uh, beyond the big 10 Illinois football version of this. You need to have me on the podcast. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. But yeah, no, I'm excited to be back here with you, Sam, get to talk hoops um, and get to follow a really strong program throughout the season. So uh, shout out to the fans that, that check in every week with us and, uh, we're, you know, keep me honest on my hot takes, like Sam said. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of fun stuff. So again, thanks everybody for joining. Just episode one, excited about this season. Again, as part of Beyond the Big Ten Podcast Network, uh, you can check us out on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube, at Beyond the Big Ten. And also make sure to follow along on all social media, Twitter, IG, 
and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten. Again, I'm former Illini point guard Sam Maniscalco, joined today by Super Swing Man Billy Cole. Um, and just to reiterate, um, our buddy, uh, teammate, uh, friend at BP3, Brandon Paul, will be on the podcast throughout the season today. He just couldn't make the first episode. So looking forward to um, connecting back with Brandon again. Again, Champagne Room Hoops. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.